Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled Thou art a gracious God. It shall be focused on a study of Jonah chapter 4. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee that thou art a gracious God, not willing that any should perish. We thank you for your long suffering. We pray, Father, may we exhibit the same nature and character towards people today. Have grace and compassion towards them and help us, Father, to love one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Jonah chapter 4. Chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow, till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted, and wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than sixscore thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Faith That Was Once Delivered to the Saints. This was preached in 1953 on November the 29th. We'll begin at paragraph 16 up to paragraph 55. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now, I, in speaking, I usually don't speak over five hours at a time, so it won't take very long. So, and uh, I, some of them said it, I just get started talking and I just don't know when to stop. But now, this afternoon, If you'll excuse me for a few moments, I want to try to take a text and, and speak to you just a little bit on a gospel turn. This is the fifth week of constant service of this type. There's no need to be trying to explain to you, my dear Christian friends, of how that, the, that works. You, you, there's no need, of, you can't talk it. And many people think I'm an isolationist. I'm not an isolationist. I love people. 
You don't know how I'd like to take each individual and sit down and have an hour or two with them to talk. I can't do that because there's something happened. When the anointing first begins to come, every person you speak to, there it is. See? And now, most always uh, leaving the meeting, while I'm standing here and it's going on at nighttime, it isn't bad. I know, don't even know my own strength then. Or when I'm out of it, it's all right. It's when you're coming between, just in between coming in and out of it, of the anointing. Let me explain, let me show you this. Did you notice always prophets, poets, or so forth are considered neurotic? Did you ever know that? The greatest poet that America, gave America the greatest folk songs, I guess, was, was Stephen Foster, wasn't it? Old folks at home, you know, Swanee River and all those. I was standing not long ago at my old Kentucky home. I was born not far from that. And I had my hand laying on the desk like that, an inspiration come to Stephen Foster where he wrote Old Kentucky Home. I seen his picture and the angel was supposed to touch him and give him his inspiration and so forth. Now if the guy that went through, I was sitting alone and I thought, Mr. Foster, you had it in the head, not in the heart. Because every time he'd write, get inspiration, write a song, he'd go off and get on a drunk afterwards. And then finally, you know how he ended his life. After getting up in that inspiration, he'd come back down, called a servant, took a razor, and committed suicide. Stephen Foster's in. I thought of William Kepler. You heard of him. They wrote that famous hymn, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins when sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. A few, about two or three years ago, I stood by his grave in England on his history there. And William Kepler, after writing that song, when he was up in that inspiration writing, he was considered an erotic. And when he come out of that inspiration, he got a tra cab and tried to find the river to commit suicide. Didn't know where he was at, what he was doing. He'd been up somewhere. Look, that's, that's poor. Look at prophets. Look at Jonah when he was on his road to Nineveh and taking a boat to Tarsha. And he, God, he disobeyed God and he was thrown out of the ship and a whale swallowed him and, and he was brought back to Nineveh and he gave his prophecy so much with a city the size of St. Louis, Missouri, over a million population. Some of them didn't even know right and left hand, but that prophet walked the streets of screaming his prophecy like that until the people repented in such a way that they put sackcloth on their animals. And then when the inspiration left him, he sat under a little gourd tree and prayed God to take his life. Is that right? See, you don't understand it. He was up somewhere, and while the inspiration was on him, all right, but when it leaves him, then what? See? Look at, look at Elijah the prophet who stood on Mount Carmel that day and called fire out of heaven, called rain out of heaven at the same day, and then run out into the wilderness at the inspiration left him at the threat of Jezebel, run out in the wilderness and wandered around out there in the wilderness for 40 days and nights, and God found him he'd crawl back in a cave somewhere. Is that right? See? No need of trying to explain it. It's just a life alone. When you're in there, it isn't bad. When you're out, but it's coming between that, see, and they're just you don't know where you're at and what you're doing. What does it speak? It speaks one thing, brother. There's a land beyond the river. We reach up into it. There somehow I don't know. I can't explain it. But I know some glorious day when I come to the end of my journey, which I've got to some of these days. I suppose as an old man, I hope to be 
if Jesus tarries. Most all Branhams, when they get real old, they take the policy. Now, my granddad on my father's side was 98. My grandmother was 110 when she died. And my grandfather on my mother's side was uh, 96, I believe it was, died about three years ago. And my grandmother died young with Scarfoot when she was just a, a young woman, about 30. But anyhow, when they get old, they all shake with palsy, or nervous, Irish, high-strung. And I suppose if I live to be that old, I'll too take the palsy when I get old. But someday when I've come my last roll, and I feel the breakers are dashing against me, and I know my time is over, and I'm standing with the shores of the Jordan of death, and I feel it coming on me, I want to take off the helmet lay it down on the shores. I want to take the gospel shoes off and lay them down, take the old sword and stick it back in the sheath of eternity, raise up my trembling, shaking hands and say, stand out the lifeboat, Father. I'm coming across this morning. I believe you'll meet me there. Uh, and then when I'm taken up, I want to look back down to briar patches and hills and hollers and bad places and rough places of where I've cut my way through teaching Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe he'll meet me at that day. Not only me, but all those who will meet and his requirements in this life to accept him as your only personal Savior. May the Lord bless you. Now, I want to read a portion of the scripture. My words will fail. God's word will never fail. That's the reason in each service I try to read some of God's word, because my word is just another man's word, but his word is eternal forever. They cannot fail. And I've preached here before and on a little subject, and I just got a new idea today that coming down here, I thought I was reading in the book of Jude while I was waiting, and I thought I'd read the first few verses of it and speak to you a little bit. On it. In Jude, the first verse, we read this. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified but God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. I want you to notice he's addressing this not to sinners, to the elect. See? This letter is not sent to unbelievers. Now listen. Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And now may the Lord add his blessings to that. I want to speak just a few moments on the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I believe, how many Christians are in here? Raise your hands. All over the building, Christians. All right, this is a very appropriate time for this. I thought sinners would be out bathing and, and out on gambling and so forth, but Christians would come to the house of God, surely. Our Father, we thank thee today for mercy and grace of thy Son, Jesus who by his great sacrifice has redeemed us back to God, the Father, beloved 
in the bonds of his suffering. He has redeemed us, and one day we poor alienated Gentiles were cut off from God without mercy, without hope. In the world, idol worshippers going to a devil's hell, a sinner's grave, and in due season Christ, the lovely one, came and took upon himself the form of sinful flesh and was made sin for us. Oh, that great substitutionary, the beautiful one for we ugly ones, the holy one for us the unholy, the righteous one for we sinners. And God accepted him in so much that he witnessed with his own voice, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And now we who were once way off has been brought nigh by the washing of the water, by the word. And now we are nigh unto God even to be called sons and daughters of God. And does not yet appear what we shall be in the final end. But we know we shall have a body like his, or we shall seem as he is. That glorious hope rests within us to know that someday we'll never pray no more for the sick. There'll be no sick to pray for. We'll never preach a sermon of repentance because there'll be no one there to repent. It'll all be perfect. God help us today while this is called day. May we press to the mark of the high calling in Christ. Send the Holy Spirit now and take a few words. I don't know what to say, but you've promised if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. You've met this in the last 20 years of my life, and I pray that you'll grant it again today. I don't know what they have need of, what I have need of, but you know, and I'm committing it all to you in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll get glory. Amen. I would like to speak just a few, a little while. I'll try to get out in time so that we can, we can uh, get back to the service tonight. We're trying very hard, and truly, Christian friends, I know Florida is a hard place to touch. <laughs> Tell me, I saw really. But one of these days, there isn't going to be any Florida. There's going to be sunk. And the things that you still worship now will perish. Thus only eternal God can save you. So if you're not where you think you should be, or where God says you should be, that's the point. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is a way of death. Now, as his servant, I must be honest and know no person but Christ. And then, I, I'll, as I told you, being illiterate and not knowing very much of what we call uh, wisdom of this world, but I know him who has called me and redeemed me from a life of sin. And I have my fellowship and communion with him. 
and I do know what he requires of the Christian. So that's why today coming over I thought I would speak on this uh, earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now there's every one of us. Now we're mixed up in here, probably Protestant, Catholic, and this little 150 group or whatever would be here. uh, Protestant, Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, and so forth, I have nothing against any of those churches. Not a thing. And God knows my heart. I don't belong to any of them. I just come out, and yet I belong to every one of them. Here's some time ago I was in Little Rock, Arkansas. I got the office right up I ever had in my life. The reporter wrote that a self-styled Baptist preacher <laughs> uh, healing the sick had called so many ambulances that... Uh, to block the streets and so forth to the streetcars, couldn't move, and the buses to the street. Uh, they really rolled me good on it. But in the, there was an old man that uh, uh, got healed. He'd been on crutches for many years, uh, been stiffened up. And the next day he had a sign on those crutches walking down the street, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, just a shouting away. And so when uh, I was speaking on Sunday, and while I was speaking, he raised up, he said, Say, preacher. And I said, Yes, sir. He said, You know, I don't understand something. I said, What is it, Dad? He said, When I heard you preaching, I was sure you was a Nazarene. He was a Nazarene, too. He said, I was sure you was a Nazarene. He said, And then I've seen all the Pentecostal people, and I thought, Surely you were Pentecost. And now I hear you say you were a Baptist. But I don't get that. I said, oh, that's easy, Dad. I'm a Pentecostal Nazarene Baptist. <laughs> so that's, a, <laughs> so that, that's what it is. We just represent Methodist, Baptist, all of you, everybody. We're all one in Christ Jesus. But now each one of us wants to think that our church is the church. You ought to do that. That's exactly right. Now, being that I'm representing all of it, let's go back and find out what the faith is. A lot of people say, well, I don't go there because that's against my faith. My faith don't teach that. There's only one faith. There's only one church. One body. you believe that? There's only one church. And that church, you don't join it at all. You're, you're born into the church. I've been with the Brandon family this coming April the 6th. I've been in the Brandon family 44 years. And they never did ask me to join the family. <laughs> See? Why? I was born to Branham. I'm a Branham by birth. So that just makes me a Branham. <laughs> See? I don't have to join the family because I just belong to it. And that's what it is. You don't have to join the church. You just belong to it. That's all. You're just born into it. And when you're born of the Spirit of God, you become a son of God and a daughter of God. And without that, you just belong to the church then. But when you're born again, you belong to Christ. And we must be born again. There's one fundamental doctrine that I believe. That's St. John 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he will in no wise enter the kingdom. No matter how sincere, our sincerity has nothing. Go down the Ganges River this afternoon, watch them mothers take their little babies and throw them in, sacrifice them to crocodiles to appease the gods of the Nile. You find out where they're... Try yours one time. See how sincere you are upside of their sincerity. Go in China and watch how they, uh, they break their feet and disfigure themselves. And over in India, they run spears through their nose and uh, splinters through their fingers and lay on beds of spikes and cutting some of them with their hands up like that. 
and I shut their fists until their fingernails had grown through the back of their hands for as many as forty years, saying, I'll never put my hand down until I get ease to my soul. Try your sincerity one time against that. Take a great big bowl of fire like this, and he has to walk through that bunch of fire like that to please his gods and so forth. Try your sincerity against that one time. See? Torture and torment themselves. Sincerity has nothing to do with it. There's just one law God required that you must be born again. That's right. If you're not born again, then you're just not there. That's all. I had to be born in order to be a human, no matter what it was. I had to be born. There's no way of making me up mechanically. I had to be born in order to be a human. I have to be born in order to be a Christian. That's just all. It's a birth, actually a birth. A man is regenerated. A new soul comes in. Now, there. let's go back. If you're going to look now with me for a little while into the face of the Scriptures, now, the Scriptures is absolutely the fundamental truths of God. Now, if we're going to have to look at this, and I want you, if you will, to listen close now. I may not be able to put it together right. I just, I only speak by inspiration. And inspiration is just when you find it here, you grab it and hand it out. It's over here, you reach and get it and hand it out. It may be in an old-fashioned, sassafras way, but it'll do you good if you'll keep it. That's right. It does. It'll stick to your ribs. <laughs> And hold you. It saved me, and it'll save you. I don't. Someone said you're not long ago when I went through almost a breakdown. They let me stay in the pulpit for eight days and nights without leaving, praying for the sick. I said I pray for all of them. There's just about three times as many, maybe more, when I stopped than I did when I started. A constant line, day and night, running. I slept against the side of the pulpit, drank orange juice and things, sitting inside the pulpit. And when I come out, I couldn't tell where I was at, and I was out for about eight months like that. In there, someone said, Brother Branham. Did you did uh, you keep your religion doing all that time? I said, oh, no. It kept me doing that time. <laughs> I couldn't keep it. It keeps me. And that's the way Jesus Christ is. He keeps us. We don't keep him. He keeps us. It's not whether I can hold on. It's whether he held on or not. That's the main thing. It's what he done. What God did for me in Christ is what I am today. That's what you are, by a sovereign grace of God. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word. We thank Thee, Lord, to know that heavens and earth will pass away, but Your word will never pass away. May it accomplish its purpose in our lives today. Help us, Father, as we go about in the earth doing all the different duties, some are students, some work. May In every place we are, may we become Your witnesses that when they look at us, they might see the life of Christ in us. For that is what you said when you when you said because i live you shall live also we thank thee that we live because you live in us we thank thee for this in the name of jesus christ we pray amen thanks for listening to honey in the rock your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement we hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the bible from cover to cover to make this a better listening experience for you would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Oh 